0: gonna happen. It's gonna happen. There it is. There it is. Awesome. You know what? I just want to say thank God for, you know, our worship band, these singers and musicians. You know what? This is not normal. This is not normal. We're blessed. Come on, show your appreciation. No, just because we get it served up so regularly, you can forget that you know, not everybody's experiencing this. I thought we've got some voices, we've got some musicians here. That's absolutely amazing. So, I want to um, share uh, something uh, with you today. Um, it's a message that's both general and specific. I felt I've really felt that there is some things that I'm carrying that I've shoehorned into this message. A Little bit, but where it began was, it was uh, thinking. Funnily enough, I don't know uh, whether we have any tennis fans in the house. Uh, Joe has uh, been a tennis player for many, many years. My wife is a massive uh, Wimbledon fan, and um, I was uh, thinking uh, about that period of time. Uh, um, I just saw an interview recently, uh, Serena Williams. World number one, but there was a time uh, back in 2011 where she actually was 172nd in the world. So she had been number one, then she went to be uh, 172 in the world, and now she's back again at number one. And I was uh, just thinking about that journey. The journey from 172nd to number one. You know, like you've done it once, but then to do it again. And in the interview, she was talking a little bit about getting her mind in the right place. And she had some help to do that, but making that journey. So the, what I want to talk to you about tonight is from setback to comeback. Come on now. And I'm going to uh, draw your attention to Scripture in First Kings, First Kings chapter 19. Reading from verse one, uh, and the 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 backstory to this scripture is that um, Elijah had uh, come as the prophet of God, and there'd been there'd been drought in the land, and uh, the 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 altar of the Lord had been torn down, and uh, he, he basically took on a challenge with the powers of darkness, and the prophets of Baal, which, who were worshippers of an idol. And they had this, this great scene. It would be a great scene where he talked about whichever God answers by fire, their God is God. And they de- decided to go with that. And uh, these prophets of Baal were, were dancing and, 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 and cutting themselves and, to no avail. But, but God, the God, answered with fire. It was an incredibly powerful time. And that's the backstory to this, seeing fire fall from heaven. And then chapter 19, verse 1. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. In other words, you need to, you're gonna die. And verse three says, then he was afraid and he arose and and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah and left his servant there. And he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die And he arose and ate and drank and went on in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mount of God. Amen. Let me pray. Father, as we come around your word, I simply ask that Holy Spirit, you would speak to the hearts that need to hear this tonight. I pray, Lord God, I believe you sent me with a specific message for some specific people. And that, Father God, we believe, Lord God, that you're going to speak to them. I pray that, that, Lord, every distraction would be set aside and our hearts would be open to receive that which the Spirit of God would say to us. In the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So the first part is about 10 steps to a setback. 10 steps to a setback. And I know that doesn't sound very inspiring but I think that it it helps us to understand if we understand the processes I'm not saying that you have to go through these 10 steps to get a setback in fact the truth is one of them might be enough but I think it's important to understand how we can find ourselves in certain positions you see Elijah was serving God and enjoying incredible outward success the reality is, though, that he hadn't been looking after himself. He hadn't been doing, taking the proper rest, drinking enough, eating the right food. Emo- spiritually, emotionally, physically, he was vulnerable. And my first point is that it doesn't matter who you are. Given the right set of circumstances, every single one of us in this place is vulnerable. It doesn't matter who we are. This man was, you know, naturally or spiritually speaking, at the top of his game. I mean, he was pulling down principalities and strongholds. I mean, he was seeing the miracles of God, the fire of God fall. He was seeing awesome things. You know, he would have been, his phone would have been ringing off the hook to get him to to speak at the next conference. He was the man. But... We, we realize that every single one of us, no matter how anointed we've been, no matter what kind of stuff we've done, no matter how many great things we've done in God, we all have the ability to be spiritually vulnerable. And Elijah proves this. It proves that you can be, you can be vulnerable after a spiritual high just as much as you can be vulnerable after a spiritual low. I mean, this guy... You know, sometimes we think that, that when we're at our lowest, that's when we're at our most vulnerable. But when we're at our most successful, when things are going well, when everything in the garden is rosy, when we're seeing what we've believed for, when we're seeing what we've prayed for, when we when we're seeing those kind of breakthroughs, we are also vulnerable. It might even be said that for some of us, when we are low, at least we're on God. At least we know the devil is prowling around looking for someone to devour. But it's when we're up on the heights seeing the great things that we can forget because we're so busy saying God is awesome, God is awesome, and He is, that we can forget to be diligent and just coast on yesterday's anointing. The second thing I want to say is that a negative report came looking for him. It says then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying so may the gods do to me and more also if i do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow as i said she was going to kill him i think that's quite key that that a negative report came looking for and we need to understand that when we when god is using us then we are vulnerable and the enemy is looking. You, you know what? When, when God is using you, the enemy p- particularly wants to bring you down. Now, we, we believe that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, but it's wise that we, we understand this and that, that what we do at this point is really key. What do I do when the negative report comes looking for me? We used to sing this song years ago. Whose report will you believe? I will believe the report of the Lord. One of Ron Canole's oldest. But we used to, we used to sing that. And, and you know, that's because you hear all kinds of reports. Negativity will come looking for you. Neg- negativity, will, negativity will seek to, 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 to sap your strength. To steal your joy. You know the children of Israel were, were sent to spy out a land that God was going to give them. And they, they, they were sent to, to spy out and, and to assess the situation and to come back. But, but most of them came back with a negative report. And there were only a couple of people, you know, Joshua and Caleb, who were prepared to say, no, we can certainly do it. If God says we can do it, we can do it. But you've got to remember that it's sometimes in the enemy's interest to make sure that we get a negative report. Thirdly, it's one thing getting a negative report. It's quite another to listen to it. And Elijah listened. And we need to understand as we walk with God that what we listen to matters. Who we listen to matters. What we allow our mind to dwell upon matters. Especially, especially when you're giving yourself out, when you maybe you're a little bit out there spiritually, you are, you are um, pouring yourself into a situation. Uh, you've got you've to remember that negativity will come and seek you out, but you do not have to listen. You don't have to listen. You know, someone could knock at the door. You don't have to answer the door. The phone may ring, but you don't have to pick up the phone. You've got a choice. And, and the, the, the problem with Elijah in this instance was that he listened. And when you listen to that report, it has a great effect. Fourthly, I want to say that this, the water got inside the boat. What do I mean by that? It doesn't matter how much water you're surrounded by. As long as it's outside the boat, it's not a problem. It's the water inside the boat that's going to take you down. You've got to get the water outside the boat. It's the water inside that's going to cause you to sink. And, you know, it's an amazing thing. Just in that, like, I don't know what it, is. what it is. What is it? I mean, some of you, you'll know exactly what I mean. Like you could do something. I don't know. You could have, you could have 10 people say to you, that you did an awesome job. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. And, uh, and you could have one person going, nah, I've seen better. And you'd, you'd think, wouldn't you, you'd go away thinking, oh my gosh, 10 people said I did awesome. But you're going away thinking about the one person who said, nah, I've seen better. So what did it mean? What did it mean? they seemed better. I mean, I did my I did my I did all right, didn't I? I did all right. I mean you've had 10 people, so you did okay, but but you 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 you're focusing on the wrong thing. It's it's that that's when the water gets inside the boat, and we listen, we listen to an out-of-perspective opinion, and it causes us to get things out of perspective. What you think about, what you meditate upon, what you turn around in your mind matters. That's why, fifthly, we see that that Elijah lost confidence in God and himself. This this is why it's important to, to understand this because we find a man who in just a little while earlier were seeing God do incredible things with him. Doing incredible things through him. And it would appear that the journey to this place is very short. You can get here quicker than you ever imagined. And he lost confidence because he allowed that stuff to get into him. It can, it can do what it likes out there as long as the water is outside the boat. But if I allow it to get in, if I allow it to go around and around, if I allow it to eat at me, then it begins to erode my confidence in God and myself. And I say that because we, we, we see that suddenly this man who was able to call fire down from heaven one day just got completely things out of, out of, report, out of, out of um, uh, context with one report, one negative report. It's, it's fascinating to me, although I completely get it, how he can just a little while before be saying, God is awesome. God is amazing. I'm going to show you which God will answer with fire. Where was that man? Where was that man in this moment? We see that he finds himself filled with fear and being on the run because of what he allowed himself to listen to. Fear seized the opportunity. He lost perspective and he ran. Because fear will either get you to run or it will get you to fight or it will get you to freeze. But he, in this on this occasion, ran. And then eighthly, he isolated himself. See, then he was afraid and he rose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. He had a traveling companion. But he managed to get himself in a place mentally, where he said, no, you stay here. I'm, I'm doing this on my own. See, I've said before, isolation is different to solitude. There's a world of difference between isolation and solitude. Solitude can feed your soul. It can, it can, it can bless you. It can, uh, it can help you in your work with God. But when I'm isolated, I'm vulnerable. And it's interesting, you know. I think some of us, some of us need to notice that as a sign about us. Uh, am I isolating myself? Because trust me, if the enemy is getting you to isolate yourself, it's be, it's for a reason. Because when you when when you are isolated, you are at your most vulnerable. Ninthly, the negative words he heard led to a negative. Confession and he started praying disempowering prayers. In fact, disempowering, self focused prayers. What did he say? He he sat down under a broom tree and he asked that he might die, saying, It is enough now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Let me tell you that those Thank God there are some prayers that God doesn't answer. I mean, we all want a prayer answering God, but let's, we, thank God God's got a filter. I mean, you know, he, he's, he, that's exactly the kind of prayer that you don't want to be praying, but you can find yourself praying those kind of prayers when you're in the wrong place in your mind and, and you've allowed yourself to get to a place. This is the same man who'd been calling down fire from heaven. But hours before now praying, saying, I've had enough that I might die. I'm no better, I'm no better than my fathers. And tenthly, he began to believe that his life being over was the solution to the problem. I'm better off dead if ever. That thought is coming into your mind. It has never come from God. That thought, I'm better off dead. If I was dead, it would sort out the problem. If I was dead, it would all go away. That thought is not from God. It is from your enemy who is trying to take you out. The devil is a liar. Remember it. I feel most important that someone needs to hear that today. You being dead is not the solution. You being dead is not the answer. That is a lie. It would not be better. It would not be better. Psalm 118 verse 17 says, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. And if you've ever had anything that you need to use, when, when the devil came against Jesus, Jesus came at him with the Word of God. And leave that up for a moment. That is, that is your key. That is your path. That is what you confess. And you that you speak that in the face of the devil. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the lord because that is that is saying i'm not i'm not allowing this thought to dominate me i am not allowing the thoughts of death to overwhelm me i'm not going to die i'm going to live and i'm going to declare the works of the lord in other words that's that's saying i, I don't know how it's not saying that I'm, i know how i'm going to get through this or how i'm going to get out the other side but it's a confession of faith it's a confession of belief I'm getting through this. I might not be able to see it or know it right now, but I'm getting through. I'm going to come out the other side and I will declare the works of the Lord. Turn to someone and say, I'm going to get out of this. So you see, it's not that you have to go through all those things. Any one of those things can be enough to cause us to have a setback. But I want us to understand that, that when we walk with God, when we, when, we, when we do the things of God, then we, we can find ourselves attacked, vulnerable, and, and, and especially if we isolate ourselves. This is exactly the kind of situation where I I will say, you know, that the people are feeling like they're going through a rough time. And, you know, I I don't know. I don't know that I can take church at the moment. I'm just going to get myself sorted. And and, and now I'll be back. No, I'll be back. But I'm just going to get myself sorted. I'm going to get myself in a better mindset. This is the place. To get yourself in a better mindset, get yourself by the scruff of the neck and get yourself here. Even if you can't raise your hands, even if you can't sing, just get yourself in an atmosphere where people do, where people can, where people are praising God. I might not be able to pray, but I can listen to your prayers. I might not be able to praise, but I can. I can listen to your praise. I'm going to believe that something is going off in my brothers and sisters. That's going to spark a fire in me again because I'm not giving up and I'm not going down. I'm going to hold on. Get yourself into the presence of God. Get yourself amongst people. I'm not expecting you to like it. I'm not expecting you always love it. But in the place of praise is a place of breakthrough come on somebody so there may be 10 steps to a setback but I want to talk to you about five steps to a steps to a comeback step one says this and behold an angel touched him and said arise and eat first thing I want to say is arise Sometimes you just got to physically alter your position. God had done done all kinds of things. We're going to get to that. But the first thing he told Elijah to do was arise. Get up. Get up. Don't stay down there. Physically alter your position. You see, I don't just get depressed. I do depression. I'm not just talking. I mean, some some people really do battle with some medical chemical uh, conditions, and that is a slightly different thing. But this is not what is going on here. Circumstances of life have taken this man down in a very short space of time, and you the the, the whole the whole uh, sense of the the the, the, the passage is, Oh, I've had enough. I'm not good enough. I can't go on. It's it's it's. it's just You can see from my body, just thinking depressed thoughts, your body cooperates. Because I do depression. You know, I remember, I remember those times um, when I was uh, first left home, you know, broken up with a girl. Flat 1919, Victoria Centre Flats. There, you know, broken up with a girl. And I wasn't putting on happy music. You know, I remember looking out the window across the city, raindrops running down the window, listening to Ben. By Michael Jackson. <laughs> Bend the two of us, may look no more. Listen to Randy Crawford. One day I'll fly away. I, just over and over. I was, I was doing depression. I created an environment. I wasn't getting myself out of it. I was getting myself deeper into it. Because we do depression. But God came to Elijah and said, arise. Arise. That, that, know that you're not going to feel like it. It's not about feeling like it. This is what I feel like. I feel like staying here and leave me alone. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. But God says, arise. Arise. Get yourself up. I can't do anything with you if you're down here with your, with your head and your boots. Just get up. Turn to someone and say, arise. The second thing he said was Eat. So not only have you got to physically get up, you got to physically do something. And you know what? Sometimes we're looking for complicated answers. I actually love the simplicity of what God did for this man. He he just had to eat properly, drink enough water, rest properly and he had to revise his schedule because God said the journey is too much for you the journey is too much for you you've been through some stuff that's made a huge withdrawal but you've not been making adequate deposits if we're going to do things in our life, if we're going to do things for God, then it's okay to make withdrawals, but you've got to make sure that you're making adequate deposits. It says, eat, drink, sleep. See, I, I, I love this as well. God prepared the food, but he didn't feed him. See, God will prepare the food for you, but you've got to feed you. You've got to get up and you've got to eat. Your way out of this is for you to do something. I know you want someone to sit there and say, I can't, I can't do it, I can't do it. Someone come and do it for me. I can't do it, someone do it for me. Now, the way out of this is not for someone to come and do it for you, but for you to get up and do something for yourself. Because if, you've, if you found a way into it, You've got to learn your way out of it. These are keys to getting out of it. Of course, I also want to say that it's not only about the natural stuff. It's also about the spiritual stuff because you've got to feed yourself. You've got to read the word and listen to the preached word. Jeremiah 15 verse 16 says this. Your words were found and I ate them. And your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. You gotta, you gotta get the Word of God. You gotta get hold of the Word of God. It's not just words on a page. It is gonna transform your thinking. It's gonna transform um, and renew your mind. We've gotta eat the Word of God. Say, well, can't you come up with something better than that? Let let me tell you, there is nothing better. It looks like just like just like this situation for Elijah. It looks like, well, how could that sort out? You know, how can something so simple? That's the problem. What God has to offer us is so simple, but we just don't do the simple things. Thirdly, he said, drink. Of course he drank water, but I also want to say Ephesians 5, verse 18 says this. It says, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, which means excessive indulgence. But but be filled with the spirit. Be filled with the spirit. See the Bible, the Bible, the Bible doesn't say that you can't drink. Now some people, some people who've maybe had a problem with alcohol or whatever, then they then they shouldn't. But what he's saying here is that if you find yourself excessively doing anything, because drunkenness isn't only to do with wine, it's anything that we do to excess that will be a distraction to our lives. And Paul is saying to the Ephesian church, he's saying, don't get drunk, don't do things to excess, rather be filled with the Spirit filled with the Spirit because it's the Spirit of God in me that is going to make the difference to my life. Let me tell you, when you get filled with the Spirit of God, there's no hangover in the morning. There's no negative in the morning. This is the life of God in me. I need to drink of the Spirit. I need to be filled with the Spirit because I cannot do the Christian life on my own. I cannot... It just becomes a set of laws and expectations and standards that I will never, ever be able to attain in the flesh. But filled with the Spirit, Christ in me, the life of God. Colossians 1, verse 27 says, To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ. In you, the hope of glory. You see, there are many religions in the world. There are many religious religions that promise similar things to what we talk about, but none of them offer this. None of them say that the Spirit of God in you is going to help you do this. The life of God in you is going to help you overcome. The life of God in you is going to help you win that battle. That's why we need to drink. That's why we need to stay full of the Spirit. Fourthly, we need to rest in God. Elijah had to rest. He'd been doing a lot, but you've got to learn to rest. Zechariah 4, 6 says, It's not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit says the Lord of hosts. We are supposed to put effort in, but we're not gonna do it all by our own efforts. It's not by might, it's not by power. You gotta know that. You're gonna need might and you're gonna need power. But you need to know, it's not that we just sit in a chair and God does it all. We're gonna need might and we're gonna need power, but God is saying it's not by those things it's by my spirit. Jeremiah 17:7 7 says blessed is the man who believes in you trusts in and relies on the Lord and whose hope and confidence the Lord is. Blessed is the man who believes in trusts in. We've got to we've got to get to a place where we trust God, where we rely on the Lord. We put our hope and we put our confidence in him. I mean like really. I mean like genuinely. And fifthly, let God minister to you. You see, none of this would have happened if Elijah had woken up and says, no, leave me, leave me, leave me, leave me. But he received what God was giving to him. You've got to let God minister to you. You've got to be humble enough to let God minister to you. You've got to get to the point where you say, you know what, I really cannot do it all on my own. I really shouldn't do it all on my own. I need to let. You see, it's letting God minister to you is, is, relate, is about relationship. It's based on trust. And trust is developed over time. Isaiah 40 verse 31 says, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. And you know what? That verse is awesome because we all love the bits about renewing our strength, about mounting up on wings like eagles, like running and not being weary, like walking and not being faint. Yeah, come on. We want that. We believe for that. But the bit that's maybe not exciting is wait. Wait. Wait for the Lord. See, waiting proves that some things take time. Some things take time and we will do well to understand that we, there are some battles that can only be fought on the basis of the relationship we have with God and our dependence on Him. Relationships, real, deep, meaningful, relationships take time to develop. See, God is not on Facebook. He's not on Instagram, you can't text him, you can't DM him. And the problem is we live in a world, don't we, where, you know what, like isn't it so frustrating when you message somebody and they don't message you back? You like keep looking at your phone, you keep looking, like what's wrong with them? They can't be that busy, nobody's that busy. I mean, it's been like, it's been like seven minutes and no one's got back to me, it's like what is going on? And it's like, really? But you know, sometimes we're like that with God. Well, I prayed, haven't I? I prayed. I prayed five minutes ago and nothing has happened yet. See, we develop meaningful relationships by being fully present. I went, um, uh, my wife and I went to a concert recently and we went to something to eat at Wagamama's because we're cool. And uh, I was, as as we were eating, um, I saw a couple uh, in the the corner and they were like dating and they were vibing and stuff and it was like, you know, like, and because we were like dating and we were vibing and stuff, it was like, hey, hey, I know. I feel you, bro. You know what I'm saying? I know what's going on. And, um, but I was like amazed. Because these guys were out on a date. They were both on their phones. There were more people at that date than you can imagine. I don't know who they were messaging. And I noticed that she was doing a lot more than he was. I was thinking, bro, you're not holding her attention. You need to do something and quick. But she kept picking up her phone. And she was talking to him while she was on a phone messaging someone else. Yo! See, they were both there, but neither of them were fully there. And I was thinking, I talked about this in in, in the week in another place, but. You know, Peter was able to get out the the boat and walk on the water because of his attraction to Jesus. But he began to sink in the water because he was distracted from Jesus. And I want to say it's the devil's job to distract us. to say by the way that don't you think it'd be in the devil's interest that you know and this is one of the reasons why I actually and this is like no because I'm looking around the room now and like loads of people are taking messages on their phone and and I did I did for a long time but I stopped because messages were coming in and they were distracting me and I began to realize you know what if I it can be also it can be all good, but the enemy can just cause someone to be texting me during the service that is distracting me from a moment that I actually need to be listening to God. And then we end up getting frustrated with church because we didn't get what we thought we were gonna get. I thought it was gonna be better than that. But my question is, were you ever fully there? Were you ever fully present? Were you in the room? I mean, I can see you, but are you here? Because in order to get what you need to get out of this relationship, any relationship, you need to be fully present. Have you given yourself permission to be fully present because it's those who are fully present. Elijah was fully present. And you should never underestimate the power of a God moment. Because Elijah was at the end of himself, but because he was fully present in his God moment, he was supernaturally strengthened. How do, you know I, how do I know he was supernaturally strengthened? Because he went for 40 days and 40 nights on the strength of what had just happened to him. He was at the end of himself, over it. He had an encounter with God where he was fully present and he was sustained supernaturally for days. See, no one needs to just lay back and accept a setback because God has prepared a comeback. But you've got to believe it and you've got to be fully present and you've got to let Him have His way in your life. Can we pray? To come to the closing moments of this service, I want to say if there's someone here today who does not know Jesus Christ in your life, you need to know that no matter how many setbacks you've had in your life, there is a God who can cause you to have a greater comeback than you ever imagined. We have a God who humbled himself, sent his son to die on a cross, to set us free from everything that would bring us shame and bring us pain to give us a brand new start. That's what the cross is all about, a brand new start. And I don't know, there may be someone here tonight who needs a brand new start. That's why every service, we have a moment like this to give people like you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. So if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, but you'd like to know Him, or you know, you have known Him, but you're a long way from Him and you know it's time to come home. In just one moment, I'm going to get you to slip up your hand. I'll acknowledge your hand and you can put your hand down. Someone will put a card in it just as a point of contact. But I want to say, if there's anyone in this meeting who know, you know, you know, you need Jesus in your life right now. Just slip up your hand nice and high. I'll acknowledge it. God bless you at the back. That's awesome. God bless you. God bless you soon as you get a card, God bless you. That's awesome. You can put your hand down. That's awesome. Anybody else in this service wants to say yes to Jesus? Wants to come home to Jesus? God bless you. That's absolutely amazing. That's awesome. We're going to pray, church, and uh, if you're holding on to a card right now, I want you to pray like there's nobody else in the room, but we're going to pray with you because this is an incredibly important moment. But church, come on, let's say together this prayer, especially if you're holding on to a card. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for dying for me on the cross. I'm sorry for the wrong things I've done. And I turn away from those things. And I give my life to you. All that I have all that I am, I thank you that now, because of Jesus, because of the cross, I am forgiven. I have a brand new start. Old things have gone. New things have come. I have a new life ahead of me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give the Lord a clap offering for people saying yes to Jesus? I believe the Spirit of God has sent me here tonight to tell you, it doesn't matter how bad the setback, God has provided a way for you to come back. All you have to do is arise, you have to eat, you have to drink, you have to rest, and you have to, forgotten, my brain's gone dead. Let God minister to you. Five things that is your way back to spiritual health from setback to comeback. God bless you.